Police report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 7 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 2 standing by. Red 11 standing by. Red 5 standing by. Lock gas boils in attack position. Let's see what we have here. A little flyover here. Let's come around, Red 5. I've got different coordinates than what our comm says. That can't be. Got the chatter, pilots. We've got a mission, dude. What was that? Red 5, Red 5. Come around to point 02 and stabilize. Uh, Red 5? We would be honored if you would join us. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Greetings, everybody. How is everyone doing? Welcome back to another edition of Into the Wardrobe. Uh, Diggory here with uh, my co-host polly hey polly how are we doing this week i am doing pretty swell how are you not too bad uh almost getting back to normal uh all things considered and uh but yeah uh ready to dip on in and uh talk about uh our main topic tonight uh continuation of our into the wardrobe series Mm-hmm. And uh, we are covering the wonderful, the fantastic, the amazing Prince Caspian. Yes. Awesome yes. book. Very excited about this week. Uh, there's, uh, there's so much that's in this book uh, to unpack. And we're just going to tease it to you a little bit in hopes mm-hmm. that, uh, that you, the listeners... Uh, or viewers that are out there, uh, go and pick up this book because it's absolutely amazing. It's got a little bit of everything in there, uh, action and drama and comedy and, uh, you know, uh, just so many different tie-ins uh, that uh, are relatable to uh, generations that read this book. So we'll be getting into that. Oh, man. So uh, Prince Caspian. Mm-hmm. Um, this was, uh, written in, um, well, it was published in 51, but you were telling me an interesting fact about this book. So why don't you tell everybody this fact? Cause this is really cool. So 
Published in 1951, but C.S. Lewis actually had finished writing it even before the first book of the Chronicles of Narnia, which is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is so awesome that he kind of already had a feeling about what characters were going to be kind of staying, which ones were going to be leaving. And I just love that. I love that he kind of and it was interesting because we know that he wasn't sure of how deep these were really going to go. He didn't know. Mm-hmm. It was going to be was going to be two, was going to be three. And of course we got several. So it's it's really exciting. So yeah. and it's the fourth in order. So while it was the second one published, it is the mm-hmm. fourth in, or, in chronological order. Oh. All right. So we have uh, the magician's nephew, number one. Yep. Lion, witch, and the wardrobe. Then we had Horse and His Boy. Oh, yes. Number four. Cannot. And, then, and His Boy. That that has very deep meaning in that book. Yes. Yes. And we talked about that last week. So if you haven't heard that uh, edition yet, go mm-hmm. back and check that one out. And it leads right into this one. Book number four, Prince Caspian. So, uh, yeah, and, and as you were saying, uh, that uh, he wrote uh, the majority of this book uh, before Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And uh, we were talking about uh, other different... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I said he had it completed before the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, it was finished yeah. 100%. Oh, wow. I'm See, I, I thought... Yeah. Oh, wow. So it was kind of like, yeah, like they could have had two books, but you know, you see what we got. Right. Oh, man, that's cool. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, you know, you and I have kind of uh, talked about d- different fandoms of ours that, uh, uh, that we've gone over. And uh, a lot of the same authors take this. And this is probably some a reason why I couldn't be an author. Just the depths of backstory that they go into to to publish one book. Mm-hmm. And uh, J.K. Rowling did it with Harry Potter. And uh, Tolkien did it with Lord of the Rings. And had all of these other, uh, just these reams and reams of paper with backstory on there uh, mm-hmm. that later turned out to either be books of their own or uh, supported the whole entire series. And it's absolutely fantastic and such a dedication to their craft that they could do that. I, I just, I don't, and you being a writer, uh, I, you know, I, I could see you doing this, but not me. I, there's no way I could, uh, I might be good for a paragraph or two, but get me beyond that and yeah, no good. How it starts, a paragraph here or two, you know, here or there, <laughs> poems here and there, that kind of thing. I have no books. <laughs> so, great. So, um, in into Prince Caspian, we go. Yeah. So, um, what what were your overall thoughts of the book as we start? So, I again, it's been a while since I've read Prince Caspian, and you know, overall, I enjoyed it. I And I say the word enjoyed a lot because it's just one of those words I just absolutely love. Um, but it's true. I enjoyed it. It had some adventure. It had some, uh, of course, 
a particular favorite character of yours brings some comedy. And of course, then one of my favorite characters that we'll be talking about later brings some loyalty into it. So, uh, you know, overall, I loved this book. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think so far, again, each book brings something to the table in Narnia or has brought something even that reminisces with today's generations and even generations then. So I really believe these books really are going to be for the ages. So, oh, what did you, what did you overall think of Prince Caspian? I really enjoyed it. I, I love the way that it, it started and got you hooked. Mm-hmm. And then the way that it unfolded was yeah. just a true masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as we were saying, you know, there's uh, every element of uh, of a book that you would want is in here. Uh, and it's just it, it's a marvel to see how C.S. Lewis's mind worked and mm-hmm. the way that it just developed over this um uh this series that uh you know we have these characters that we we enjoy uh mm-hmm. and to see their evolution rather than just say hey here's another adventure starring these guys you know and or you know up oh, yep they're not around but here's another adventure in this land and have it not come not related at at you know any point uh that I've seen a lot of some really good authors do they're just like well all right i'm gonna go back to the well and put out this you know mm-hmm. uh, this book set in this universe that uh you know that everybody likes and you know get a few more hundred dollars and then i'll write something else and uh yeah. you know the way that he evolves the story um not only in this book but how it ties into the other books that we've that we've already read uh, in this series is absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, um, if anyone has not picked up these books, other than just say, you know, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is uh, normally their the, the first introduction, uh, pick up the rest of them. Give them a read. You'll be extremely happy that you did that. Yes, agreed. Yes. Oh my gosh, I I'm excited. Because, you know, we get to talk about uh, how they get back to Narnia is so beautiful. And where mm-hmm. they start is where our setting starts, which is, you know, of course, I mean, okay, beyond the train, you know, we get to go to, I'm going to, I'm hoping I say this right. Care, care for now. Did I say it right? Kind of? Did I get it right? Uh, I, it sounded right in my ears. So I would say that, yes, you did. <laughs> which is also, of course, there's Narnia, and then we get to go back and revisit Aslan's how, you know, so, and then it's just really nice to go back to Narnia, but in mm-hmm. a new way, because right. as Aslan says, you, you don't get to go back to, you go to back to Narnia in different ways. Yes, yeah. It's like uh, in the book, so, finding so the, different- <laughs> uh, the The setting for this book um, is, um, Oh, I'm, I'm, I guess th- there's really not much of, you know, the modern world in this one. No. Nope. Uh, it's mostly Narnia, which is fantastic. I mean, I, I like that. We've, uh, you know, we kind of go a little bit here and there. Magician's Nephew had a little bit here and a little bit there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe 
you know, a little bit here, but then, you know, I'd say 75% of it was in Narnia. Uh, Horse and his boy uh, was, uh, uh, you know, another one that was set mainly in some new lands and new settings. Uh, mm-hmm. And this one is 90% Narnia, 10% regular world. Uh, mm-hmm. And so every every book is, as you said, just a little different. And mm-hmm. it's enough to get you interested. It's like, oh, well, here we go again, following the same storyline. No, this That's- one... You know, it, it's different. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about in the setting is the time frame. Yes. And uh, I know we didn't want to get too much into the book itself, but I think this is uh, an important uh, aspect that people would, you know, would really grab a hold of and maybe want to go read the book after this. So in the real world, in, in the modern world, there's been one year that mm-hmm. has passed. And if you remember back in Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, they, you know, you, you see them going into, uh, you know, uh, going to the train station and where you know, they're going to get picked up and taken to the house. Uh, this one is another train station setting, mm-hmm. but it's just a year later. Mm-hmm. But we find out that in Narnia, it's not a year that has passed. Nope. And if I remember right, it was 1,300 years. Correct. 1,300. And... Yeah, and them aged well. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, if for any other reason we want to go to Narnia, we're going to look great. <laughs> Well, I mean that kind of, uh, and you didn't you have a poll on that? <laughs> oh, I did have a poll. Um, so it was, do we want to have tea with Tumnus, or did you want to have tea with the Mad Hatter in Wonderland? And mm-hmm. the winner was tea with Tumnus. There was a special mention with Bilbo Baggins, though, so I will throw out that. Um, but the winner of that poll was uh, Tea with Mr. Thomas, which kind of surprised me. I really kind of thought maybe the Mad Hatter would squeeze that one out. And maybe if it was in a bigger pool, maybe it would have. But in this particular case, no, Tea with Tumnus, which yeah, something special from the line, the witch and the wardrobe. Yeah, and, that, and that's just, uh, it, it's, it's cool to see that uh, a lot of people were interactive with that and and voted on that poll. So, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, given the chance, they would love to be able to hop into a Narnia setting. So so that's awesome. Well, as long as that the White Witch doesn't show up at tea time, we're okay. <laughs> but right. we're going to pull her away for right now. Um, <laughs> any other thoughts on the setting? You know what? It was really so. I, I liked how it unfolded within the different settings. Because um, mm-hmm. as we'll talk about compare and contrast later, but you know, I like how that it unfolds. You know, with them finding the orchard and they're you know they're just they're just enjoying. Again, I use the word enjoy a lot, but it's true. They're just getting into it and trying to remember, and it's just it's exciting. It is exciting. Yes. So, oh, I will make one special note about the orchard that they find at, at uh, Care Prior Finale. Um, 
in the Harry Potter books, there is, you know, a professor, Hufflepuff, head of Hufflepuff. I can't speak. It happens sometimes. <laughs> and interestingly enough, there is a character in Harry, uh, not in Harry, not only in Harry Potter, but in the Prince Caspian book, and her name is Pomona Sprout, which is really interesting that I found that. And she actually helped to make that orchard be protected and grow and things like that. And I was like, oh, did J.K. Rowling like, did she like, okay, we talk, girl. Like, that's just what I want to do. Like, I, like right. it's now on my list. Did you get this? you know I'd, I'd like to know if she got send it. her a tweet she's hey. on twitter i think send her a tweet maybe we'll see <laughs> but back into narnia back into caspian yes we have lots to cover <laughs> all right so uh characters in the book uh, so we've uh we've already mentioned um the children yeah. uh so uh, are back yes all four uh, are back ready for another adventure and uh, I, I can almost I can almost imagine the surprise where you have all these Narnians you know that uh, probably have uh, passed on the legends of, uh, of of these children turned kings and queens uh, on down you know for 1300 years and all of a sudden there they are and they're young and you know it's like what really uh okay but that yeah that would just be cool because book versus movie that's not how they do it that's not really how they treat them they really don't treat them as children right so they don't yeah yeah (laughs) but we'll get into that so uh we we have a um uh, we have a few other characters uh, that have been uh, brought into this uh, story. Of course, we have uh, Prince Caspian, uh, who is the title character. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, Aslan that makes an appearance. Yes. Uh, and then we have a, a group of um, Narnian inhabitants uh, that also uh make uh an appearance uh as well as uh as well as a couple of uh, ancient greek gods uh as well so uh, i thought that was uh you know that's pretty interesting um you know we have everything from uh talking uh animals uh to uh dwarves uh you know um and uh human-esque uh, people, um, I don't know if they're con- necessarily considered human in uh, Narnia, but uh, you know, as, as far as a uh, Earth realm, uh, that's the equivalent. We also have a, a villain. We actually have a couple of them, actually. Like, there's like two supporting villains, but then we have the main one, which is Prince Caspian's uncle, Moraz. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, I have a good, interesting question for you. Because sure. I know you like villains. <laughs> you know. Uh, I do. Where does Moraz, okay, sit? And if I'm saying it wrong, my apologies. 
where does he sit on your villain? Like, is he like a really strong contender? Or is he like, eh? or is he like, you know, how do you do? You, yeah. How uh, do you him? I, his, his, as far as villains go, uh, he has good intentions. Okay. Uh, but his execution is just absolutely sloppy. Uh, and, uh, and he has no backup plan. So, you know, that's, uh, he's kind of the, eh, he, he's all right, but you know, he's no Palpatine. Oh. He's no Voldemort. I mean, or Umbridge. Umbridge. Or, yeah, he's not even an Umbridge. But he was a good villain for what was needed for Prince Caspian. Can yes, you, yeah. You agree with that? Yeah, I, oh, definitely. He, he's a good villain for the book. And uh, the way that uh, his introduction and, um, and the reason why he's a villain uh, is uh, very relatable. Um, and I'm trying to think of an equivalent that you would... Um, you know, that could be without, you know, uh, like a modern day equivalent without really spoiling too much. Um, I wanted something that wasn't his. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I was going to say, uh, maybe like, um, an adoptive parent that surprisingly has a child of their own. Uh, and you know, how that dynamic could shift and change, uh, you know, and then something, he wanted something that wasn't rightfully his, uh, and thought he had a way to get it. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's some of the, uh, new characters that we have without getting too in depth with it. Mm -hmm. Um, now, cause again, we want... And, and I know you and I have talked about this. And that is, of course, the book is called Prince Caspian. But majority of the book, he is called King Caspian. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And and there is a reason for that. So, uh, you know. I, I you... always go, throughout the book, I've been reading the whole, when I even began reading it, I'm like, Go to the back of my. This is the beginning. Talks about the characters, and I'm like, so says so Prince Caspian, but they call him King. Like, come right. on. So maybe there's a prince coming along later in the book or something, or you know, it's like, what's uh, what's going on here? Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, there is a. Uh, the book is filled with a lot of um, unexpected things. Um, you don't necessarily expect uh, Mraz to pull the things that he does uh, and his reasoning behind it. Um, you don't expect um, the uh, you know uh, the good doctor to turn uh, turn out to be something that uh, that he's really not. Um, oh, yeah. The doctor in which Diggory here is speaking of is actually Doctor. Cornelius, who is half dwarf and half human, and he's awesome. And I want to make a special, like, honorary mention here because it's not in the movie at all. And that 
is the nurse. I'm not going to give many details out because I feel like that was a very special nugget that C.S. Lewis placed inside Prince Caspian's book. Um, and that is the nurse that helped um, Caspian before Dr. Cornelius came in. And that really set a very strong foundation inside of Caspian's heart, as well as something very special. Again, that special nugget comes later in the book. I won't give it away because I think it's absolutely wonderful. Um, I remember when I read that moment, I was like, oh, okay, where's the Phoenix? Because was <laughs> not expecting this moment, was not expecting it. Um, and, and again, that's not in the movie at all. Um, and, and that's so special honorary for the nurse, because beyond nurse, we don't know any much about so right that they took care um, of uh caspian when he was little before dr cornelius so special nods that's that's unsiring. so we also have uh as far as characters go uh a few dwarfs or mm -hmm. at least a couple of dwarfs that are in there uh yes. they go by the name of trumpkin and nip nick we have um, uh, in a couple of other characters, and I think this is where we're going to get into some of our favorite we, characters. We can talk about our favorite characters. Yes. So, can I say something? This is hilarious. Our favorite characters probably in the books are not even human <laughs> or anything. <laughs> they're animals, they're creatures. And I love it. It's hilarious. And I don't know how many other people that are listening or watching, you have the same thing when you're reading these books and you're like, oh, but my favorite's the animal. It's kind of like the person that goes to the party and they're hanging out with the dog, you know, because that's what I would do, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably carry so, the dog with me on the party, so. So fill us in on your favorite character. My favorite character, his name is Truffle Hunter. Truffle Hunter is the badger in the book. Now, for those who don't know me, I am a Hufflepuff. And I, I truly, truly, you know, yes, I'm a Hufflepuff. Love it. And so, and it's, again, it's crazy that I can see this book that came many, many, many decades before um, Harry Potter books came out that she picked up on some of those, like the Badger has some of those qualities and details of a Hufflepuff, you know, the patience, the, the being a good finder, um, you know, the memory, the, you know, I always remember when, you know, I love, I love Truffle Hunter and his loyalty. I just love his loyalty. And it's just saturated into this book that, you know, he didn't betray Narnia. He kept believing, he kept, you know, I, I, as many people as they could through Narnia, through what was going on around them, that, you know, he just kept on believing and kept his faith and kept. So, yeah, Truffle Hunter uh, being the uh, the talking badger and uh, is the uh, the ultimate Hufflepuff uh, talking badger that uh, that there is. Um, Hufflepuff was ever a thing. Just special note right yeah I, and i would say that that's <laughs> and that could be uh a there's so many correlations between uh the chronicles of narnia and harry potter that it wouldn't surprise me that she took 
uh, uh, inspiration for that house uh, after this character. Uh, it's possible. It's yes. possible. So, I guess we're up to my favorite character. Yes, I'm. I'm ready. So, and my favorite character for uh, uh, all intents and purposes, and uh, minus the shock value, is not a villain. Is not a person that has uh, deep uh, uh, intentions, um, but is a talking mouse that mm -hmm. goes by the name of Reepicheep. And uh, from uh, something that I read as, uh, as uh, a little nugget, it was uh, descended from the, uh, the mice that uh, freed Aslan from his bonds mm -hmm. in uh, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe uh, and was granted the gift of speech mm -hmm. and uh, is a fearless... Uh, swordsman and <laughs> uh you know is a extreme supporter of aslan and caspian um mm -hmm. uh, the the character in the book is so fun and light-hearted uh and uh never get, lets anything get him down and is willing and able to take on any foe no matter the size Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I, I, I admire that a lot. Uh, I love the interaction. Uh, to me, this is where a lot of the comedy comes from. Uh, is uh, you know his eagerness to jump in headfirst into a fight to to really get things going and to settle things up was uh, absolutely uh, amazing. Um, I play uh, D&D or Dungeons and Dragons uh, mm -hmm. on Saturdays, and one of my uh, characters is a paladin, and I kind of patterned him after this Reaper Cheap. He just, you know, uh, no no caution given, just uh, there's our foe, we're waiting in, and, you know, any kind of uh, silly dad joke that I could tell as I'm uh, battling people to get them off of their... Uh, off their game is uh, yeah it's it's all fair uh, mm -hmm. but yeah so that's my favorite character uh, uh, of the book is is Reaper Cheap. What do you think about him? Reaper Cheap is he's very noble and honorary and courageous. He's he's chivalrous. He you know very tiny. But very big in personality. I, mm -hmm. he's, yeah, and he, of course, it, both movie and book, he brings a little comedy to it. You know, he's, he's got some wit to him. So I like Richard. He's really awesome. But it definitely surprises me because I remember going, wow, it's not Morass. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of the bad guys. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. I, I'm not all bad. No, no, I know. I know. Uh, but, um, <laughs> But you, you, you mentioned a couple of key words there, and uh, that brings us to our next section uh, that we want to talk about. Uh, yes. And that is um, uh, overall themes of the book. Um, and uh, there's a few there, but uh, mm -hmm. 
you know, there's, uh, I think the main one uh, that I can think of is um, courage Mm -hmm. and chivalry Mm is, uh, is, is a big one uh, Mm -hmm. for the, in this book Uh, respect uh, Mm -hmm. that goes uh, hand in hand with uh, chivalry Um, that uh, after reading it, it's that, uh, that was my main thing is to have courage. Um, What about you? What'd you uh, think of uh, as far as a theme? Well, so I'm going to go ahead and start off connecting to your first one that you mentioned. That was courage. Um, so for courage, I'm going to go back to Reefer Chief, but I'm going to also add Lucy in, okay? Because she is younger, right? She's the younger, youngest of the pensives, and right. of course is a small mouse, okay? Or really to us, he's a swordsman, okay? We won't even put out what kind of creature it is. He's, he's a swordsman. And for his size, right? So they're both courageous for how young they are and for their size, right? right. And they, they don't doubt it, but yet some people doubt it because of, oh, she's young or he's too small or, you know what I mean? And so people doubt, but yet they really show us that you can be young and still be courageous. You can mm-hmm. you, any height and you can be courageous. And I love that. I love that they just, that C.S. Lewis uh, plays that in that, you know, it doesn't matter how young you are, you know? And I also think with, there's, a, there's also a, a theme there that, you know, when they are young, and of course we see this definitely in the last chapter, um, as they let us know who will be returning to Narnia and who will not, you know, mm-hmm. that she's young and she still believes she has faith and things like that. So I think that really has um, a big part in, into this book, you know what I mean? So yeah. if you are young, you can still do it. <laughs> and you can be my height or shorter and you can still do it. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And yeah, that's, uh, and that's amazing. And, uh, it, it's so fitting that, uh, how those themes, uh, still echo today. Uh, and you know, this, the perseverance and the, uh, wherewithal to go through so many, um, obstacles in our life. And, uh, you know, there is hope and, uh, we just have to get through to that side, and it is possible to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Prince Caspian. Again, C.S. Lewis, what I am quickly remembering and being reminded of, again, his books are definitely for the ages and for the generations, because he does touch on some really tough subjects that I wouldn't think about that would be in these books. You know, in um, we talked about in The Horse and His Boy, we talked about suicide was brought up you know there's you know they talked about marriages for young ages and maybe that's not a good idea and things like that so he really does touch on things in a respectful manner Mm -hmm. and it's done in a way that is um it's easy to to understand it's not like it's trying to think of a, a good wording here but it's not like it's it's not like we're all sending your grandma on an additional couple of dictionaries to fix it, figure out what he's trying to say, you know, something right. simple as that. So um, one of, of the things that he brings up, or one of the themes in Princess Caspian is being silenced in history. And he brings this up in chapter four between Caspian and his uncle Morass. 
And this is really big because I feel like we're in a time period right now where we're seeing this in society that silencing is happening. And that is Moraz is listening. Him and Casmin are out on a walk and he's telling him a story. Not really a story. It's actually true Narnian history. And Moraz goes, no. And he doesn't. He silences him. No, that history is lies. No, it's not this. No, it did not happen. And it's mm -hmm. like like for me when i read that my light bulb went on like whoa like because you yeah. don't want the history to repeat itself so when people are saying no don't forget about the history oh take this down take that down and it's like you don't understand we don't want to forget about history especially because with narnia it was actually real history but Moraz right. didn't want to know that because he was using it to manipulate the situation and using it to gain power and control. Mm -hmm. And that, those are also, now that I think about it, are also quite interesting themes, right? When you think yeah. about it that way, because he was yeah. using it to manipulate him and to take what he wanted, even if it was not rightfully his. And right. I think that's important to know. Yes, that, yes, this was once considered a children's book, but I believe all adults should read this too. Um, absolutely, yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, bringing up like little sponges. So, you know, that's yeah. some pretty deep stuff. And that's just, uh, and I'm going to bring up the other one in just a moment here, but that's a pretty deep subject right now. And I, I think it's really interesting that this is again wrote in 1949, but here we are in 2021 having the conversation. Right. It's already talked about like back one. Yeah. What yeah, is like absolutely. So um and okay, so let's tackle this other one. And you and I have talked about it. It's a hard one to talk about, but yet he brings it up. And it surprised me. I think I even wrote, I'm like, oh my gosh, he talked about this. This is crazy. I wasn't expecting this, but just like the horseman's boy, I wasn't expecting for them to, for him to bring up suicide and to, you know, tell people about, hey, no, no, but your life is worth living. I wasn't expecting that right. either. So I don't know why. At this point, all the books going forward, it, it's like, okay, I'm ready. Because if he throws like big life <laughs> me, it's okay. But in um, I want to say it's either four or five, um, he actually brings up racism. And it's really mm -hmm. interesting because the conversations between Dr. Cornelius and Caspian, they're outside underneath the stars, and um, and he doesn't blame Caspian because Caspian doesn't understand and he doesn't blame him, you know. But I love the conversation. I love how you know, even Caspian shows us in the book that he steps up and says, well, what can I do? You know, and, you know, Dr. Cornelius says, be kind. Oh, my dear Lord, I just love it. You know, be kind, like, is one of his first things, but he kind of goes into more details than that. But it is, it was really another awe moment to me that I was like, again, that light bulb went on, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, like, here, you know, C.S. Lewis went there. He went yeah. there in 1949 to talk about racism in a very interesting understanding way that children can understand and adults can understand, but still go, whoa, because I am sure if you've not read this book and you're reading that, you might be like, I wasn't looking for that. But again, it's done in a respectful, kind manner. 
And I think that is what is really different is that it's done in such a genuinely good mm -hmm. way that it really hits the soul. So as it should, it should hit your soul like that and it should hit your spirit like that. So any thoughts? Did you, what were you, did you, did you have like a moment like that you were reading that? I'm like, what? Yeah, the, I mean, um, and I'm trying to think of the best way to, to say it. Um, the way, yeah, and, and I completely agree with you. The way that he brings it up is uh, in such a way of uh, respect and um, and inclusiveness and, and just wish that we could get there uh, today to talk about uh, some of these same issues. Uh, even if, um, you know, uh, we don't understand fully, uh, you know, what's going on or how a person feels or, uh, how a person would react, even, you know, sometimes we get roasted for even asking questions so we can understand what's going on. And then if you say the wrong thing, you got that big cancel stamp, you know, that people are ready to use. Right. Which you're reminding me of something. I remember I said that they were talking about it out underneath the stars. So Dr. Cornelius took Caspian away from the castle and had it looking as if they were doing an astronomy class, which they did do. Mm -hmm. But it was also to include real Narnian history and real what was really going on. And right. a lot of, of good humanity conversations and lots of just mm -hmm. good nuggets way to go dr cornelius for for doing yeah. that i i kudos man i say kudos to the nurse earlier but man dr cornelius definitely bravo <laughs> absolutely yeah so uh and i think is a, a lot of things can get accomplished uh and a lot of things can be understood uh as long as it's coming from a uh, point of respect, uh, mm -hmm. you know, rather uh, than a point of, well, I'm right and you're wrong, uh, mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, and that's the end of the story. There's, you know, we're not going to have anything else to say about it other than, you know, uh, your beliefs are wrong and your opinions are wrong and we don't need to have that. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, uh, I, um, I was very admir uh, amazed and admired uh, the way that he wrote about that in this mm -hmm. book. Yes, it was wonderfully done. Wonderful. Um, the last uh, theme that I had uh, that I thought of uh, was um, uh, more of the getting rid of uh, getting rid of corruption and installing the truth uh, yes. which which is uh, again something else that uh, goes uh, heavily with our modern situation uh, mm -hmm. that we're in um, yeah and uh, corruption can uh, if let go unchecked uh, can definitely seep into almost every aspect of life mm -hmm. uh, and we need to try to stamp that out mm -hmm. and uh, and replace that with 
uh, with truth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Caspian really does. He really steps up and he really says no once because he already knew the truth. And even when he was silenced, he kind of, you could kind of tell in the character in the book, Caspian knew that what he had heard was true. And so when Dr. Cornelius kind of like was, you know, was brought in as his tutor, he was, he kind of reaffirmed that. And, you know, again, the good thing is, is that Caspian listened to himself and he really just, he, he did right. Even when everything around him was telling him other than Dr. Cornelius at right. up until a certain point, everything else was saying, no, 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 that's not true. Those are lies. And, and then we could see the corruption on Raz's mm-hmm. side versus, uh, the truth that of, of the Narnians, of the Narnian right. history. So, yeah. yeah. So, as we get to the, you know, the end of the book part here, mm-hmm. what, what would you say is your favorite part of the book? Okay, favorite part of the book. Other than meeting Truffle Hunter. <laughs> Um, okay, so I love how, and this is a compare and contrast a little early, in the book, how they meet the dwarf. Actually, I'm just going to say dwarf, because that's actually how we meet him. We don't even know his name for a few chapters. Um, I love when they are underneath the stars, underneath the bonfire, and he starts telling us the story of Prince Caspar. I absolutely love it it's it did not happen in the movie like that but i just i don't know for me there was a moment where i almost felt as if i was underneath the stars you know bonfire going and he's telling us the story with the pensives and Mm -hmm. i just felt so connected to that moment i mean yes i was felt connected to these other moments too and the and the final battle and things like that but that moment the way the it's not the way the book opens it's the way one of these chapters opens but it's just done so beautifully and it it is a little different in the movie you know but that's okay but the, the book that was mine so what about you what is a favorite part in this book of prince casting what caption oh Man, uh, I have to pick just one. Um, uh, hey, I know. That's why I said real quick. I'm like, well, mine is Truffle Hunter. <laughs> right. Um, so I would say that my favorite part of the book is when Aslan makes his appearance. Yes. And mm-hmm. how these characters have evolved since the adventures that we've seen them on and uh, the way that that comes about and who trusts who and mm-hmm. who who's going in what direction and what's the safest route. And, uh, you know, it's uh, to me, that was, um, yeah. it, yes, it has nothing to do with Prince Caspian himself, Right. But it just goes, it's, it's the evolution of the story. Right. Which it, to me is very pivotal. Right. But it also kind of goes back to the theme we were talking about with Courage and Lucy. 
Lucy yeah. knew. Lucy, and in the movie too, Lucy was like, it, she's always in the know. Um, and I think that's also because she's young, you know? And if we really, if we wanted to go biblically, we could actually even go further on that theme because I think that's a, a, a Christian theme as well, you know, being little, little children, little sponges and things. So, um, and yeah. I also add in one more quick one. I'm not going to mention what it is fully, but is that nugget that we get in later in the book with with the nurse that is a very special mm -hmm. moment i'm not going to mention it i want everyone to read it so they can read the special little nugget that's like it, it's it's into it's just woven in so subtly and it happens and it's just it just i don't know it that moment still touch touches my heart so yeah yeah, yeah. it's special what about uh book quotes any favorite book quotes for you so my Book quote is also my movie quote. Ah, okay. And I am sure it's probably one of yours too. Isn't it funny how day by day nothing changes, but when you look back, everything is different. Yeah. Because nothing ever comes back twice. Yeah. And there's also Oslan's. Am I, I don't know if I'm about to steal your other one. Am I? Um, no, no, because I picked another one. So, ah, you were ready. So it is, it is hard for you, little one, said Aslan. But things never happen the same way twice. It has yes. been hard for us all in Narnia before now. And it's true, yeah. we all escape back into Narnia. And I think that's the thing in real life is that we can go into Narnia, and we can find that wardrobe in really interesting places. Yeah. Right. What so, what well, is your favorite quotes? So I don't see them. Uh, well, one uh, the <laughs> uh, the exchange uh, between uh, Reaper Cheap and Caspian is okay. is one of mine, uh, where Reaper Cheap tells him, "Choose your last words carefully." Tell uh, tell Marine and Caspian, <laughs> and Caspian says, "You are a mouse." And Reba Cheap says, I was hoping for a little for something a little more original. Pick up your sword. <laughs> and I mean, that's just I mean, come on. I, how can you not? I, yeah. Uh, Again, about the size. Do not underestimate the size of a person. Right. Pick up um, your sword. I am a swordsman. I am not a mouse. And uh, this one was, uh, I know it was in the movie, and uh, after watching again, it just kind of uh, stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, and I believe it was in the book. I think it was just stated a little differently in the book, right. uh, and I didn't go back and get it. But uh, Trumpkin uh, is talking to Peter, and he says, you get treated like a dumb animal long enough, that's what you become. You may find Narnia a more savage place than you remember. Yeah. And to me, that just, you know, if, if a person gets treated a certain way for so long, mm -hmm. that's what they're going to become because that's what you've been told for a very long time. And for me, I can relate to that in, uh, in a very meaningful way. Um, you know, I was, uh, told, uh, by people, you know, yeah, you're, you're not going to amount to anything. You're nothing, you know, for 
uh, many years and it took me a long time to get over that and to realize that, yeah, I, I have, I am something and I am someone. Uh, and, but for surround yourself though, with good people or like, even like Caspian going, he nuked Dr. Cornelius. He knew that the nurse was mm -hmm. good in comparison to Mraz, his uncle, his uncle was his blood. And he was just like, Whoa, he's really right. off kilter here. You know? Yes. So, but you know, you're told something for so long and that's what you're, that's what you're going to believe. And, and I myself believed that for a number of years and it took, took a while for me to get past that. So uh, I could definitely relate to that. So I'll read that on a more positive note. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, um, you ready to, to, to travel a little further into Narnia into the movie realm? And, and yeah, I was trying to think of a, a good segue into it, but, uh, I guess you, you summed it up well. Um, uh they, you want to go back to circa 2008? <laughs> <laughs> Prince Caspian? <laughs> uh, well, they, they didn't make too many movies. And I, uh, I'm not sure if it was just a production cost thing or if they, you know, what the reason, you know, the reasoning is that they didn't finish the series. Ooh, ooh, hold on, hold it. We will get there. We will talk about that in our final episode because I've got answers. But ooh. today we are going to talk about Prince Caspian. Ah, okay. Ah, anyway, so, all our um, including the ones that are talking from Narnia, we will get there. Right? Final all episode, right. talk about that. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, uh, this, uh, this movie, um, uh, you know, it's the second movie that they made. The first one that they did was uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, and then uh, followed up with uh, Prince Caspian, and uh, yes, in 2008, uh, it was uh, it was produced. Uh, the cool thing that I uh, really liked about um, uh, this one, uh, well, we'll get into that uh, here in a minute. Well, but yeah, is, is it an overall thought? Because we can segue right into overall thoughts. Uh, no, it's more on the characters. So we'll, well, I'll skip that part for now and then, and then get into that. Uh, but overall thought of the movie, um, I, I'll start, you started the last one. I'll start this one. Uh, I actually really loved this movie. Uh, I thought they did a fantastic job, um, casting the entire movie, mm -hmm. uh, not just, uh, for certain characters, but mm -hmm. the whole gambit of uh, characters that we've talked about, uh, they captured amazingly well with, um, uh, you know, with uh, this cast. Uh, whether it's uh, newcomers, uh, you know, Peter Dinklage is in it, uh, Eddie Izzard is in it, Warwick Davis is in it. Uh, so you know, they we, we have a very well-known cast taking up the mantle of these characters and they perform it very, very well. Uh, yeah. was very impressed with, with the, uh, with the movie. How about you? Overall, it was a wonderful movie. I'm in agreement. It had a really great cast. Um, of course we had, um, Aslan return. It, it, it was really good casting. Um, 
beautiful cinematography, if I can not trip over my words, um, good <laughs> cinematography, really good uh, picturesque. I mean, yes, they switch some things around. Yes, some things are done different, which we will get into the bigger ones at the end. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, it was really good. It was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it definitely got me excited for Narnia. So and that's and that's a good thing. It did its yeah. job. Got me excited. It got me wanting more, and it got me, you know, ooh, maybe I'll read the book now, you know, kind of thing when it mm -hmm. came out. Um, so, uh, you know, we talked about our favorite characters um, in the uh, in the book. Uh, one of the cool things, and I, this would be a good spot to put this in that I, instead of saying it just a few minutes ago, uh, was uh, when we have uh, the children return. Uh, mm -hmm. they're not new actors. They got the exact same cast from Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe to come over and reprise their roles, uh, mm -hmm. which uh, I thought was uh, very well done. Um, yes. You know, because oftentimes, uh, especially if they're not sure if they're going to make more movies or however that works, um, you know, to get the original cast back is, uh, is hard to do. So I was glad to do that. Um, but out of, uh, out of the characters, uh, you know, we had our favorites in the book. Did that change with the movie? Truffle Hunter still a favorite. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. Um, I love Lucy. I always have both book and the movie. Um, Lucy, yes, she's wonderfully done. Um, Aslan's always going to be a special place in my heart because he's Aslan, you know. Mm -hmm. What about you? Did you have a new favorite? And did anything change? Uh, well, my fa my favorite is still there. Um, yes. But I uh, I really loved the portrayal of uh, Trumpkin in the movie, uh, and uh, that was uh, Peter Dinklage did yeah. uh did that and he did such an amazing job mm -hmm. uh bringing that uh that character to life mm -hmm. uh I, i'm i'm a big fan of uh mr dinklage and uh, a lot of the things that he's uh um, that he's done and yes. yeah uh and this one i really thought he knocked it out of the park um Although they changed but, it up a little bit for us. They did. They did. Good. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and we'll, I guess we'll get into that in here in just a minute. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess there's not too many characters that, uh, you know, that, you know, to sway, you know, my, my Reba Cheap definitely, close second would be Trumpkin uh, in the movie. Um, but what about, uh, new characters that, uh, were in the movie and not in the book? What, what do you think about that? Hmm. It's a good question because it's like, we have all the mains that are in the book are really in the, I will say they actually did put all of our really big mains into the book, into the movie. So kudos, because a lot of times that does not happen. Um, but they did do that. Um, 
trying to think. Because like we have the centaurs and we get to know them a little bit more and they're really cool. Mm -hmm. You know, but not like no new, like new new I think the centaurs are cool. I think the, you know, the other new creatures are really, really cool, but no like new favorites because again, th thankfully book ones are in the movie. Good job. I will say kudos to them again. Uh, yes. I, I guess kudos is my new word tonight. Kudos. Kudos to this and kudos to that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh I, I was um I where in the book characters, you know, you, you kind of get a general description. Uh and in the movie they you know take a life of their own. Uh and you get to see a little more in depth and you can almost infer a lot more by seeing it than trying to read it off the page uh, mm -hmm. as far as uh, like the secondary characters. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I, I really liked the way that uh, they were uh, kind of brought forward a little bit and added a little more life and uh, you know, realism to, uh, to the movie. So um, should we, we move know on that Go ahead. I was say, uh, you know, we know that uh, making movies uh, compared to books is a tricky process. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of uh, a lot of movies that are book adaptations uh, either add things that aren't in the book or take things out of the book that uh, you know that, that you don't see in the movie. Um, you know. Uh, so in this one's no different. Uh, there are a few things uh, in this movie that we can compare and contrast from uh, from the book. Um, and yeah, both with characters and with a few situations inside the movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, to me, like, uh, there's no, there's really no glaring, say, Tom Bombadil type omission uh for a lord of the rings reference uh you know heavy in the books but uh non-existent in the movies um but the one to me that uh, really popped uh popped up for me was the um uh, uh the reprise of uh jadis oh, oh. Oh. Uh oh did i spoil it yes we Sorry. have to we're going to talk about i want to talk about dr cornelius oh okay and well Paris. i thought i'd get the bad out of the way and and then go to the good we're gonna we're gonna uh, push that one back for a moment <laughs> okay so yes uh uh characters uh you know compare and contrast in the book and the movie go ahead nicole <laughs> so when you already talked about trouble hunter and reap achieve they are pretty on as they are in the in the books and things uh we'll talk about peter and caspian later as well as susan but i want to really quick talk about dr cornelius and the nurse one the nurse we don't see in the movies which is again read the book because there's a special reason why um but dr cornelius in the movie is a human and in the book he's not human he's actually half dwarf mm -hmm. and half um 
uh, human. So he kind of goes into that and he shows that to Caspian. And that's where he, when I was referencing, talking about one of the things being race, he talks to Caspian and he knows firsthand and he knows what it's like to have to go undercover and to feel like he has to hide, the, so to speak. So mm -hmm. that's a big, that for me was, I wish they kind of would have pushed that boundary a little bit because I think that would have been nice because they didn't actually get to show that theme in the movie as strong as I think is if, if, if Corny, I mean, I'm not saying that the actor who didn't do, didn't do a good job. The actor actually did an amazing job as Dr. Cornelius, but I think it slightly changes when you know that it's not a full human and you right. don't get to know that in the movie, but he's not yeah. full human. He's half dwarf. But when I see him, I'm like, Oh, he's human. Which is okay. Yeah. Again, good, good, great acting, great acting, great. I mean, it really does still, it's still powerful. It's just that I think it could have been more powerful if mm -hmm. they would have went that route. Yeah, and I and push, push that. Yeah. So, I agree 100%. 100% so, agree. So now should we slingshot back to, 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 to Jadis? Okay, yes. Are you ready? Are you ready? Uh, I, 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 I think I'm ready. All right. So, <laughs> so in in the movie, we get a scene where uh, we have some characters that are trying to resurrect um, the White Witch from Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. And uh, we actually get to see uh, Tilda Swinton again. Uh, as she, uh, you know, uh, she did the role originally. We get to see her uh, again. Um, and in the movie or in the book, they really don't get yeah, into. Yeah, they don't they, they don't really mention, I don't think, who it was, but they were doing a ritual. And the other change there was Caspian was 100 percent in the book against the ritual and yeah. uh stop stopped it before it even started yeah. uh or as it was starting right uh, and, and uh peter listening and there was no Edmund, none right. none and in the movie he goes along with it mm -hmm. uh and uh and then they end up dispelling the ritual uh, mm -hmm. but we get to see it's a more of an extended scene than what we get in the book. Right. Uh, but it, it, it was, but it happened if, if the hag and stuff would have ha had what, what they had wanted to happen is what we got. We got what would have happened if versus right. what happened. Yes. And, and it was cool to see Tilda Swinton mm -hmm. again. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, she did an amazing job in Lion Witch in the Wardrobe as the uh, as Jadis, uh, mm -hmm. so it was kind of cool to see it again. But again, the w when you go from the book and then you get this part of it, and you're like, eh, it's not really kind of, but maybe, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it, it was all right. Um, but well, it was again, still a good scene. It was really strong, but again, it's like as if they decided to give us an extended version of what if this would have happened in the book. Right. What if the hag and the, um, I'm trying to think of the wolf's name, 
if they would have succeeded is what they gave us. And then, of course, they threw an Edmund as well. They mm -hmm. threw him in to the scene. Um, so, and they changed up a bit. I mean, it's not like I'm like totally against it because I really do enjoy the whole movie as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's something else. I don't know. I, I think I'd rather describe. But that was, I mean, again, still a good, powerful moment. It's just the extended version of yeah. what could have happened in the book if it was wrote that way. Right. So uh, what do you have? I, I know that you have uh, one or two. So what's uh, what's one that you like to talk about? So I want to talk about the love interest between Susan and Caspian. Okay. Mm. I'm going to break anybody's hearts who ever had a moment for Susan and Caspian. And my apologies, because in the books, it didn't happen. They were young. And really, in the books, you know what C.S. Lewis was doing? He was working on their character. He was working on their morals, on their hearts, on who they were for the future, not on love. They weren't thinking about, like, they were thinking about love. They were thinking about loving their family, their friends, Narnia, loving uh, the creatures. They were not thinking about romantic love. Right. And C.S. Lewis was working on their um their character and their morals and i think that i wish they would have left that because i feel what they did by um putting this love in interest inside the movie is that they got people excited right because on screen they actually had really good chemistry so it makes you go oh oh it's susan and then now you're rooting for susan and caspian and c.s lewis is probably probably looking down from heaven going uh no 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 we didn't go there in the books and he didn't go there in the books again he because and people also need to understand that in the books they are also slightly younger they are teenagers and stuff and yes teenagers can love yada 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 but again he is working on them in a different perspective he wasn't working mm -hmm. on them in a first way and i think it's sad to squash people's hearts like that when it wasn't there to begin with because now everybody wants them together and it's like just you wait you didn't get to read like what C.S. Lewis really wanted for Caspian. And it's coming. Yeah. We will get there. I know that it's coming um, in a future book. So, yeah. What did yeah. you think about that? I mean, Susan, I mean, well, again, had really good chemistry. It's just like, but it wasn't in the book. And now you got right. all excited for nothing. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, and I kind of go back to Horse and His Boy. Uh, mm -hmm. where they spent years and years and years and years in Narnia. Uh, they were grown up and, uh, you know, and they already were talking about, uh, you know, who was going to marry who. And But that was such a, you know, such a long time ago that when they went back through the wardrobe, then, you know, they reverted back to their younger selves. So now they're only a year older than when they started the events. Yes, they might have the memories of, you know, uh, of all the time that they spent there, but they're still very young when they go in. And she, you know, they haven't had the, uh, uh, the time to grow up like they did previously. So they're having to relive that. And yeah, I just, uh, it's not in the book. Uh, it's not even alluded to in the book. Uh, and the way that they kind of made it portray in the movie was, uh, you know, was a little bit much. 
Uh, and but I, I can kind of understand it because when you get a, you know a certain demographic that you know really wants to see that type of thing, you know, oh, go, you know, we'll we'll see this because they might not have ever read the books and probably won't ever read the books and uh, you know. But this so for something that's not or should not happen. Right. Oh, I, and I agree. I agree. So, um, uh, the last one that I think I'll bring up, um, is, uh, the differences in the battle scenes, yes. uh, between the book and the movie. Um, in the movie, we have two big major battles. Yes. Um, and, uh, I guess I can kind of understand that a little bit to kind of, you know, hey, it's action. We're going to bring people in. Then we'll mm -hmm. dial it back a little bit. And then, you know, here's the climax and here we go again. Uh, you know, I, I can understand that. In the book, there's only one battle. And right. that's it. There's no, there's no other, you know, uh, not even a scuffle or, or anything really. Well, uh, the sword duel is still there. And then the big battle. Yeah, yeah, but that's uh, that's not. I they didn't really. They they didn't adapt that part of it well. Um, you know, there's there's no two major battles in the book. There's only there's only the one major battle, um, and uh, I don't know. I don't think that uh, you know the the story in, or the movie needed to, but that's what we got. So. Um, yeah. That's how I feel. I feel like, did we, I mean, was, I mean, it was great in the look of the battle because the battle itself looked great, right? As a yeah. whole, it's like, oh, the battle looks great. I mean, lots of action, a lot of power and, you know, lots of really cool scenery and stuff as you're going in and out of what should be Prince Caspian's castle, um, mm -hmm. which Moraz is living in. But was it needed? Because in the movie, I'm sorry, in the book, it's not there. And I'm like, it wasn't needed. I mean, it yeah. would take out 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Could they have done something else? Could they have, you know, but again, because in the book, in the, in, in the book, of course, it's given to us as almost as a tale because we have a certain dwarf who's giving us a tale of what is right. happening. So that means they would actually have had to rewind and tell the story the way he had had it because he really did. Right. You know, once he got there to that moment, he really did open it up as if he was opening up another door into this wonderful world. And you're just around the campfire. And the next right. thing you're, you're off to Narnia. <laughs> yeah. So what about you? One last, uh, one yes. last comparison. Okay. So this one's a big one. Um, and that was Peter and Caspian. Okay, and uh, we've already talked about Susan and Caspian. Now we're going to talk about Peter and Caspian. And that is book versus movie. In the book, Peter is very accepting of Caspian. He is very um, more of a mentor, more of a confidant. He already knows what his station is supposed to be, and that is that he's going to help Caspian take what's rightfully back his. He's not going to be mean or jealous. He's not going to get in fights. That's not him. That is not Peter. Peter's actually uh, very good, good in leadership. He's very honoring. He's very noble, uh, very courageous. And so it was without like getting a very big head or, you know, chip off his shoulder. Right. Um, right. Caspian. 
Caspian is very kind in the books. So like I said, he's always wanting to do the right thing. He's, you know, once he knew that the truth, I mean, well, once he reaffirmed the truth, he just stuck with it. He, you know, to, to stand up for the Narnians and to reclaim what was theirs and to get back what was his, rightfully his. Um, but he did show that jealousy. Versus in the movies, we get them kind of like having a little bit of an attitude, a little bit of jealousy, a little of envy. And you're like, that's not one of the seven deadly sins that C.S. Lewis put in this book. He didn't do right. that. He did not show that they were envious of each other. He did not show that, oh, well, I'm better than you or, oh, this is right. He, he, he didn't give them that. And so that was when you really begin to realize that that makes Peter different, it really shows you Peter in a different light. It's almost like a little bit more respectful light. Like I already respected Peter. I always liked him, but it's like, I liked him even more, you know, knowing that yeah. he was more of a mentory, more of a, Hey, I'm going to help you out. We're going to do what's right. Um, versus, well, no, this is my kingdom or no, this is my, I'm a king. No, that's not how they were. He wasn't like that. And neither was Caspian. Caspian was very, very good. And I'm not saying that the acting, the acting was great in the movie. Um, even the actor who played Caspian was amazing. He played him amazingly. Mm -hmm. Obviously he's doing what he was being told and directed to. Um, but it is interesting how they could have just done those few little things. And it really would probably changed that all around, even in the movie, because you would have been able to tell because there wouldn't have been this scuffle between them or there wouldn't have been this this feeling or this tension of envy. And again, one of the seven deadly sins that was not in the book, that was in the movie. Right. <laughs> and that was envy. <laughs> so so right. do you have any other ones or any other thing you'd like to add to Peter and Caspian? Uh, no, I think you summed it up very, very well. Uh, yeah, the... Um... And I can understand the reason why they would put that type of situation in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's often like um, you know a lot of the clickbait that you see on uh, you know on the internet now for all sorts of different things, uh, and you know it, it's to get butts in the seats and in, in order to watch the movie, but. Uh, they don't necessarily, you know, have to stay true to the entire book, uh, mm -hmm. but I I do prefer the mentor uh, version of Peter rather than the uh, the envious version uh, that we got, uh, especially knowing uh, his future in the series. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and uh, yeah, I don't uh, I don't think he would have. Uh, uh, acted that way, but yeah, uh, 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 as the the movie overall, my final thoughts on the movie, uh, it uh, it was very well done. Uh, a lot of uh, good surprises. Uh, typical movie fashion didn't follow closely to the book. Uh, there are most of the elements are there. Mm -hmm. um, very enjoyable. It was good to actually see Narnia come to life again. Rather, uh, with my eyes, rather than just my imagination. Yes, I agree. I think you summed that up very well. Seeing Narnia again, come, as you say, come to life again. It was great to go back to Narnia. Um, it was great to meet Caspian. Um, and I, again, I applaud them that they actually gave us our main characters the way they were back in there. Minus the way that they 
especially Susan and Caspian, minus that, everything else. And the fact that we got Reef Achieve and we got Truffle Hunter and they did not change them. They left them their their the way they were in the books to the movie. That is that is big because that to me, like they at least tried to keep the spirit of Narnia in that sense because they did keep our creatures, you know, that loyalty and 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 then him being and Reaper Chief being so chivalrous and courageous and no matter how how big or small he was, you know, um, and and beautiful. I mean, what a beautiful movie! If you're just watching like just the cinematography and uh, just mm -hmm. beautiful scenes, the castles are gorgeous. Um, and I absolutely, I do, I really do love it. So, absolutely. So yeah, uh, that sums up our uh, recap of. Uh, Prince Caspian, book four of our Into the Wardrobe series. Uh, and But next week on Into the Wardrobe, we're going to be covering, go for it. The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. I'm yes. right. Yes. Yeah. Gotta bring my best. Might get a little wet. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, uh, th that's a great one. Uh, I can't wait to uh deep dive into the book and the movie for that one um but yeah so uh hey for those of you who are watching this make sure you hit that uh like button uh don't forget to subscribe and uh we'll see you uh, next time on into the wardrobe yep we'll see you later Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>